Good evening. Today is September 13th, 2022, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is on the stories and or prefaces and forwards and forwards. Okay, and tonight's speaker is Roz, well, G. Roz. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's me. Um... G Roz, because there's a lot of Roz's all over the world, and it used to be Roz R, but even in this meeting, there's a Roz R. So she and I share the Roz, and I put the G in front, uh, I, I guess about six months or so ago, when I saw that I needed my identity. So um, that's who I am. I'm Roz, and um, I am a grateful compulsive eater. And grateful because this program would not exist for me if I weren't compulsive. And if it weren't for the compulsive eating addiction that I have, I wouldn't have done the growing that this program has enabled me to do. And so for that, I am truly grateful. This evening, I'm just going to be reading two paragraphs on page 567 in the big book, Spiritual Experience. And I'm just going to focus focus on um, the spiritual part of my journey uh, in this program. Spiritual experience, page 567. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality changes sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism have manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet, it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be of the nature of sudden and spectacular upheaval. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. And I decided that it would be um, my experience, strength, and hope share to share with you those little miracles, those little things that um, have contributed to my spiritual journey. And so first, I'd like to just say that um, the first miracle happened that I actually came to a meeting that I knew nothing about um, because of something where I was directing my attention towards somebody else and wanted to help somebody and ended up coming to uh, learning that I was a uh, and I was addicted to food because I'd been at a meeting for this other person and they kept saying things that in my head I said I do that with food and uh, after the meeting I asked um, where do they have meetings like that and the gentleman said we have one at 630 tonight I turned to my husband I said please take me there tonight and he didn't say, why don't you go yourself? He knew I was petrified. And he just kind of generously said, sure, I'll take you. And he did. I went to the meeting. So that was the first miracle in the fact that it was a small meeting. There weren't a whole lot of people there. A brave and uh, strong, powerful person. I knew inside I was scared, excuse the expression, um, I won't say it. Um, I was very frightened. 
And <laughs> I um, walked in the room and there were just a few people in the room. And as I sat down, um, the meeting started and I think maybe there were six or seven of us all together. And the next little miracle that happened is the person who was leading it spoke with a calm that just quieted me and with a, uh, a presence that um, I hadn't experienced. And, and the more she talked and led the meeting, the more I was like just listening. And she said, um, newcomers should get a sponsor. And I thought, well, okay, I'm a newcomer. I guess I have to get a sponsor. Now my background is academia and sponsors are football sponsors and basketball sponsors, but I don't know what's going on. If I need a sponsor, I'm gonna get one. And I've already decided that the next thing that she says in the meeting is, are there any sponsors here? Well, remember there was only about five or six of us in the room. One other woman um, said she was a sponsor and the leader said she was a sponsor. I went, oh, she's a sponsor. I'm gonna get her if I can. You know, she's a leader and I'm real comfortable with her. So I went up to her after the meeting and I asked her, how can I ask you to be my sponsor? She said, well, you'll need my phone number. I could get you started. And she said, I could get you started. What I heard was, because I knew I was leaving the country in 12 days and I had already mentioned that at the meeting. So I guess she figured she'll help me get started the first 12 days and you know, then I'll be on my way, not knowing how long I was gonna be in this thing because I didn't know how long people were in these um, OA and addiction meetings, you know. So I um, said, what do I do now? I have your phone number. She says, call me tomorrow at 8.30. 8.30 the next morning we began. And from that moment till I hope all of the days of my life, that woman is my sponsor. She was my sponsor then, took me through the steps with the um, OA 12 and 12. And, um, and we used the workbook. And as we were working through the steps, it was about, maybe I was on step seven, I think. And I heard about this 15 week workshop doing a, a whole thing on the steps. Well, you know, I'm learning a lot of stuff. I've already gone through my step four and that took me a long time. And I thought, well, you know, this will, this will be good. I'll, I'll, I'll get this workshop. I'll get more, I'll get more, you know? And um, so I said to her, they say I have to have a sponsor. Will you sponsor me? She says, well, no, we're doing the steps. We'll continue to do the steps. And she said, just get a temporary sponsor. Like, oh, you can get a temporary sponsor too. This is really cool. So I'm, I found someone who was willing to help me with that. And I did that. And so we finished the steps. Um, and as time moved on, she shifted in my heart and soul from uh, being my sponsor. And, and since I was a non-person, I didn't have a, a, a selfness yet. I really didn't. Um, I was self-seeking almost all my life up until program. And so um, I just figured, you know, I didn't consciously know it, but I made her God. And whatever she said, I thought that's what I need to do. And, you know, I, but she wasn't really God because I knew God didn't like me at all. God, you know, that was clear because I had really messed up along my way prior to being there. 
and I cleaned up my act, but I still had a history and I didn't think God was going to ever talk to me again. And surely had me that did I didn't have God's support. Well when we got to a place in programming that was early on, she she said to me, you need to really come to terms with these things. And um, so I wrote this little dialogue with me and God. And I said, you know, God, um, can I talk to you now? And God said, sure. You know, and we had this little conversation. And the reason I did that is because God gave me the power of choice. And I'm thinking, how can I say I give it all up? How can I be willing to give it all up if God gave me the power to make decisions? It felt like I was taking a gift and just throwing it back. And God gave me an answer. And the answer, obviously, was me speaking to myself, you know, hoping that that was probably what God was saying. Um, and what God said to me is, um, when I give you a gift, it's yours to do with what you want. Just like if somebody... Um, gave you a hundred dollars and you wanted to spend some of that money or all of that money as a gift to that person, there's nothing wrong with that. And when I heard it that way, in a very logical kind of sensible way, I went, oh, okay, I can give my will and my power up to God that I believe in that I know is mad at me. So I did. And um, at this point, I'm moving forward in time. And on July, that was, two, I should tell you, that was, um, I started June 10th, 2019. So on July 17th, 2020, I was really very invested in um, my relationship with God. And part of it had to do with my sponsor really helping me to recognize that I am a worthy human being. I have. A purpose in life and I have uniquenesses and gifts and you know what says people in program love you until you love yourself well it really is like that for me um, and so I was really at a place where I didn't know what to do and I was um, I had already uh, finished my fourth step and I um, went to sleep praying to God about how to really prepare for the fifth step and I woke up with this thought running around in my head, and it was kind of like a poem, and I'm thinking. Um, I didn't want to get out of bed because I knew when I got out of bed, the poem would disappear. Um, but I kept listening to it and listening to it and listening to it, and I finally got out of bed. And a little later on in the day, the day I, I typed it out and made a few changes. And I'm going to read that to you now because it is one of my prayers. Please hold my hand and show me what to do. Please hold my hand and I will follow you. Please guide my walk so I'll walk the way and guide my talk so I'll pray today. Please know I care and want to be my best and know you're here and help me pass each test. Please know I love that you hold my hand because with your love I can go the way today and every day and when you tell me no it's so I'll grow and when you send a cloud that stops me cold 
I know you give me time for truth to unfold. And when you hear my cry of loss of a dear one, you remind me of times we shared in the sun. I never will doubt the gift you provide. I just need you to remember I get frightened inside when events of the day distract me with pride. Please hold my hand and walk with me so I can stand tall and be the light you intend for me. And I'm not a poet, folks. This is from God to me. I don't care what anybody says. This is a little miracle. Um, and this was um, a little over a year in program. And I kept doing my steps. And, um, and then my sponsor and I, uh, we'd finished the 12 steps. And I continued to meet with her. And she's really been my spiritual guide and my spiritual sponsor ever since. Um, and um, it's very special for me. But I, I reached the point where I felt I needed to know all these people are talking about the big book and the big book and the big book. I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to do the steps by the big book. So I did. And um, I found I was at a meeting and somebody was speaking and I really liked what she was saying. And I, um, I said to her, um, I'd really appreciate it uh, if I could talk with you after the meeting. And she said, sure. And I explained to her I'd gone through the steps and I, I was a sponsor and I had been working, you know, the, my steps. And but I wanted to learn it the big book way. Would she be willing to sponsor me the big book? She said different way of working than my first sponsor. Every sponsor is different because we're all different. We're all fellows in the fellowship. And by, you know, um, the journey is mine, and if I really want it to be successful, I have to do it myself, and I have to listen to my higher power and really honor that truth. Well, as time goes on, I become more and more aware of what an egotist I am. It's kind of interesting that you can be without a sense of self and still be so egotistical. It's kind of like a paradox, but I think it's, I think the two of them make a whole, and when you start to learn about, as I start to learn about myself, my ego doesn't get in the way as much. And so I think somehow or other, that's what held me up with this false truth for most of my life. And um, the more people I meet in program, the more people help me to grow. Um, the more I learn, the more I want to learn, um, the more I want to help, the more I want to change. I want to be um, what my, my higher power chooses to make of me in these days. Um, and it was about six months later when I was um, in Israel at the time and really sort of wondering, what am I supposed to do? Okay, I am a sponsor. I sponsor people. I lead meetings. I do things. But somehow or other, there's something I'm not doing that I'm supposed to do, and I don't know what it is. And um, I remembered there was an old lady who lived in the shoe. And I thought, well, here's an old lady who lives by the sea. And it kind of like clicked in my head, and I started writing. And again, this is a gift because this is, this is 
different, but you can see the shift in me of six months. And this is program. There was an old woman who lived by the sea. She had so many options, she didn't know who to be. So she asked her brother, her sister and friend, and finally she asked God in the end. She quietly sat in a chair by the light and quietly asked with a, bit, a good bit of fright, please give me guidance, please give me hope. Who am I to be and what am I, is the purpose of me and why do you hide when I know you're inside? What gives you joy and what pleases you? How can I help? Show me what to do. Please give me guidance. Please give me hope. Please open my eyes and let my words be the ones that you spoke that you gave to me. I ask you this day, I pray that you say that the good I will do is what you want me to. Please give me guidance. Please give me hope. And I've been asking that every single day at one time or another, and sometimes quite often. What am I supposed to do? What, you know, what's the next step here? Um, and part of that came because of this sponsor, second sponsor, my big book sponsor. I'd be talking about things and I'd say I was afraid of something. And she says, you're afraid? I said, yeah. And she'd say, well, why are you afraid? And I would say, well, She's like, what are you afraid of? I said, I'm afraid of heights. And then I told her the story about how I was going up a mountainside in a bus and I was petrified and I wasn't looking out the window and I was holding on and praying to God, help me, help me, make sure the driver drives safely and gets us up there. Not out loud, nobody heard it, you know. I'm just holding on my knuckles or probably getting, you know, white. But so she said to me, why were you afraid? I said, because I was right on the edge. <laughs> and she said, I hear that, but, but why? And I said, she said, who was in charge? And I said, God. She said, then why were you afraid? And it like stopped me in my tracks. I think she actually stopped, didn't she? Her video stopped. Oh, there she go, there she go. My video, okay, can you hear me? Okay, can you hear me or not? Okay. Yes, we can hear so you. Anyway, two, minute, uh, right. two minute warning. Perfect, okay. So that's what happened. And so now I wanna share with you how I understand program. The miracles, are there, we just need to pay attention to them. You know, when I'm down and I'm walking and I see a little flower that's coming through a crack in a wall and it's climbing up and it reminds me of who I am, you know, when you reach for the light, there's possibilities. We just need to, I just need to be aware and pay attention. But the 12 steps have two parts to them, attitude and action. Then four through nine, my action, service. And once I'm starting in service, I realize if I don't pay attention to one, I'm not going to be able to do 12. So I have to start that circle again. It's like a clock and it's just going round and round. And I need to pay attention to all the steps throughout. And what 
fascinates me most is that God is opening up doors for me every time I turn around. And, and for that, I just, um, I just want to tell you that how I'm living my life right now. There's 12 steps and I walk those steps as my tools. There's And those are my rules grounded inside. And I don't know if you can see what's on the screen behind me, but there's a Hebrew expression. And the Hebrew expression says, It's from another miracle, but I don't have time. That's okay. It says, I will show you the path to life. And then another two weeks later, I got this one. And that's from her book. But it has that same kind of rhythm, and it says, and I will provide for all your needs. That's my mantra, and I live by that. And I pray that something I said today will spark somebody to realize how special this journey is that we have. And the spiritual part of the journey is really that's where my rock is and the other two parts are really sort of they they keep that three-pronged stool going but the spiritual part is where it's at thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share a little bit of my story and i'm truly grateful for all of you who are here listening to me. wow thank you so much g Roz. <laughs> Okay, now we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your, raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or uh, star nine if you are on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. So I see hands and we have Stacy. Hi. Um Roz, thank you so much for the share. And every time you were speaking about God, you were literally on pause, like your screen would freeze. So we, so I just want to say, like, that really stood out to me. Hold on, there's sirens, guys, in the background. So I'm in New York City, so I do apologize if you do hear it. Um, but, um. I've been in OA for about, I guess, almost three years now, and I'm finally coming to the concept as Roz had talked about. Um, I can't rely on my self-ego. I have to rely on God because when I rely on my self-ego, things go to crap. And I have finally turned my will and my life over really to the care of God for the first time. 
And I'm really finally accepting that. And I am just forever grateful. Like Roz has also stated in her talk that OA really has saved my life and the fellowship as well, knowing that I am really not alone. And for the first time in my life, even in my job of teaching, I don't want to live in isolation anymore. Even when I had a problem yesterday, I knew I was not alone and I had higher power and I had fellowship. So even if I had worst case scenario, I was ready to face it for the first time in a long time, the fears and everything. So I just, I just want to also say, Ross, thank you so much for always just being there for me. And with that, I'll pass and give other people time because I'm just, I'm going to pass. Thanks, guys. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was muted. That was, <laughs> thank you so much, Stacey. Would anyone else have a question or share? Oh, Diane. Mm, hi, everybody. I'm Diane. I'm a compulsive emotional. Oh, Diane, sorry. Yes, um, uh, compulsive emotional eater, uh, gratefully recovered. And um, Roz, your poems, like I'm not a poet person, but they just so touched my heart. I'm like, oh my God, they were beautiful. And I think you're right. They sound like they were inspired by a divine um, word to you, which is beautiful. Um, I have a question um, because you said you came into OA and you kind of did the steps through the regular OA material with a, with a regular OA sponsor. And then you had an experience where you did the big book. Could you speak a few minutes on like what the difference, did you find some neutrality? Did you, did it change your program in any way, whether just the food or your spiritual program? If you could just speak to that a minute, I would love to hear more. Thank you so much. Thank you, Diane. Um... What I'm finding is that I experienced where I needed to be when I needed to be there. If I had started in the big book, I think I would have been overwhelmed and confused. Um, where other people say they start in the big book and it's so clear and they just get it right away and whatever. Um, I needed someone to hold my hand and really walk me slowly through the steps and to answer my questions and listen to my intellectual bullshit. And um, it's true. It's true. I didn't know where I was and I, you know, but she was there with me and she gave me space to really emerge. And um, when I did the big book, we worked fast and we worked through it quickly. And uh, it was very intense and, um, and very direct, where my first sponsor was really gentle with me. Um, I think, and I've sponsored people, and you sponsor different people in different ways because you share your experience, strength, and hope 
that's that's all I can do. That's what both sponsors did with me is they shared their experience, their strength, and their hope. But they recognized where I was and what experience they were was a right thing to share. And so um, I think both um, both ways are very powerful ways to start a journey. And the bottom line is step one says willingness. And once I have willingness, um, all kinds of things can change. And even though I was afraid all the way through the first time with the 12 steps, I was afraid the whole time until I got to the big book. But I think it's because I would have been afraid if I were in the big book the first time. I needed to do some growing. I started, I mean, we joke about it, but I started as an embryo, then I became a little baby, then I became a little kid. You know, I think I'm now in my 20s, um, you know, and I'm, I'm attempting to be an adult and I'm attempting to be responsible, but you can tell I've had more years than that. So it's not my years, it's my intellect, my, what is it, my emotional sobriety as they call it in program now. Um, I'm, I, I, didn't have I was Peter Pan you know that was when I thought I was make-believe adult you know I thought that was adult to be like Peter Pan I was I was you know anyway I hope that answers your question of the difference between the two and my my belief is you work your pro Beautiful, G. Roz. Thank you so much. Thanks for the question. Yes, thank you for the question and the share. Um, Mara, A, you're up. Hi. Again, Mara, still compulsive overeater and so grateful that I came here tonight and got to hear that share. It was magical. And it was not just magical hearing, but it was also magical just watching everyone and seeing just the joy that you were bringing to all of us tonight. It was just, it was a really magical experience for me. So thank you so much. I'm not sure how to ask this as a question. I heard you talking about writing letters with God. I spent the early evening trying to do that. I'm, I'm at a point where I know that I want to stop being so deathly afraid of people. I don't want to live the way I'm living so isolated, but I'm so afraid of you all. <laughs> I'm afraid of people. And I tried writing with God and I just, I don't know if maybe I'm just not knowing when to shut up. I don't know. Um, is that something that came easily or is that something that takes time? All I know is that I'm doing a lot of writing, but I'm not hearing I'm not sure that I'm hearing anything so uh, I'm just interested in that um, I think the being afraid and unafraid comes in time but the the two there's something that father Bill W I think he's an Episcopal priest he has he gives a lot of talks on uh, YouTube and um, I listened to one talk where he explained how to do two-way prayer. It's a very simple process. Um, and you don't have to be with other people. You need to have a quiet space that you don't 
do anything else in that on that chair. And since I only have a few chairs where I live, I took the cushion off so that it was a different chair. Okay. And so whenever I sit in that chair without the cushion, I know I'm in my two-way prayer space. And you had he said, get a notebook and get a pen that writes smoothly. And I didn't know what he meant until I tried the difference. It does make a difference that it flows. And then he said, find something inspirational to read. And he made reference to Sermon on the Mount. I use Hebrew scripture. I use Psalms. I use the big book. I use um, um, Orlitsky. I got them all over the place. Um, language of Letting Go, Melanie Beattie, um, you know, Vision for You. My first sponsor had me writing about a vision for you every single day because you know, there's a something that it says every day. And in the beginning, I kept telling her, it's really interesting. She say, well, what did you think about? And I'd say, well, that was really in the question. I write my question down to my higher power. I sit quietly and reflect. And then I, it, he suggests that you write as if God were writing to you or your higher power is writing to you. And you answer the question. And he said, and I asked him, I said, well, you know, how do you know there's a difference? because it's the best what I and he said do it 30 days in a row before you make a decision if you want to continue this particular method and I did and that's when Todiani Arachayim um, came to me was during that period of two-way prayer um, so it works for me and it grows me all the time uh, excuse me somebody's trying to come in I can't do anything about it oh okay I'm gonna all right, hold on. I'm going to take my picture off the camera. I just found out I'm keep cutting out. So I hope that I hope that answers your question, Mara. Uh, uh, we could talk about it at another time if you want to. I love you. Thank you. Thank you, Mara, for your question and the answer. Okay, so it's 8:47, a little after. Um, we will now stop the recording for.